It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. Is Justin over in LA as usual? We got Mike in London. Hello, yo, yo, yo. It's a good one today. It's always a good one. A little bit, uh, maybe not out of out of the ordinary for us, but it's been a while since we've talked. I mean, we did rom coms. I think it's episode nine. It's over a year ago. We haven't really talked romance since. No, we haven't. We haven't. Yeah, it was I forget? It was either nine or ten, and that was that was with with. The one and only Alexandra Curran. Big shout out. Big shout. And now we're back to the romance. Top five romantic gestures in movies. It's a lot of grand gestures in these rom-coms and these romance movies. There are, you know, usually there's a big one at the end of almost every film, honestly. I mean, of any like romance film. Yeah. And if if there's not, you're sort of like, whoa, whoa, okay. Trying to be subtle here. Excuse me. And our, you know, we knew going in, well, not to t- steal your thunder here, but our spotlight is going to be the new J-Lo Owen Wilson movie, Marry Me. And, yes. you know, we knew that it kicked off with, with quite a gesture, which is what got us on this track. But I'll say at the end, big gesture as well. Loved it. Absolutely delivered. Big gesture. Honestly, this would have been a pod first, but like... I didn't do this just out of, you know, we're talking about it for the spotlight. Could have made my top five. It was good. It I, was I, good. I liked this movie. I have to tell you, man, this movie was secretly filmed in 2002, and it's been in an, a, just a, a time capsule. In a it vault. Took, in it took me right back 20 years ago. Ugh. This is made in Manhattan days. I mean. And, and, and can we say J-Lo does not really look a day older than those days. Good lord, she doesn't. It's it's not it's not fair. Honestly. It's literally not fair how she ages. And hey, I even have to say our main man Owen Wilson looking all right. The, looking all right. He's he's 53 right now and he's looking pretty damn good. Good lord. It's they're you know they are both in their 50s, Mike. Yeah, it's uh you know, it, it worked. What can I say? It still works. Like we said, it nailed the gesture. Um, the the premise is absolutely absurd, which is great, and I mean, yeah, it just brought me right back. I just <sighs> I and, and agree this actually, more. I was thinking this movie might, you know, it's it's obviously not without its problems, and I was thinking people might not respond to it, but I think the reviews have been pretty good as well. You know, like these movies are, they don't make rom coms quite like this anymore, uh, and it felt goddamn great to see it. It felt so great. Literally, Mike, the first thing that I wrote was feels like a modern day version of a 90s, early 00s rom-com. That's exactly it. It's it's straight out of the vault. It really is. And as we've talked about with, with our dear friend, Chris McKay, Owen Wilson's the king of chemistry. He is. And J-Lo's not bad herself. No, she is not. And you know what? They kill it in this. It's the supporting cast, which again, it's so 90s, early 2000s with how you have this fun little supporting cast of characters getting in on it. 
they're all great too. Sarah Silverman, Stephen Wallum as like the the teacher that's very obsessed with J Lo. Yeah, John Bradley, of course, from Game of Thrones. Like Chloe Coleman, the who plays Owen Wilson character char- name is Charlie. Charlie's daughter in this is great. Like all the J Lo songs, by the way, all the soundtrack is fantastic. I was getting into it. Not gonna lie. Oh, I'm in. I, I literally was like, I got to look this up after. Like, I could jam out to some of these some of these songs. Dude, and we, we glossed over it a bit. Not that I'll just focus on, you know, people's looks for the entire episode here. But Sarah Silverman looks pretty fucking good, too. Agreed. Goddamn Hollywood. What are they? What are they, just what? drinking blood out there or something? L- literally. No one is aging. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's like J-Lo and Owen, like, yes, Owen Wilson, you can tell that he's, that he's, yeah. and I, when I say slightly, I say slightly older, but the fact that you're going to look at Owen Wilson and tell me that man is in his mid, early to mid fifties, get the fuck out of here. Like, and then J-Lo, I mean, j- shoot me off of a stool because I mean, the, the woman looks 15 plus years younger than she actually is. She looks unbelievable. And I mean, obviously, she's still got it. Singing, the dancing. I mean, it's the whole J-Lo rom-com package. And the fact that you get her and Owen Wilson together oh, for the first time. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Go see this movie. It just makes me wonder, like, what's been going on? Like, why haven't they been making these movies consistently for 20 years? I want to They're keep watching so them. good. Same. Just keep me. At least make me one a year, right? At least one a year. That's all I ask, really. Oh. You know? And and you know what? Owen or, or J-Lo can be in any of them. They can be in all of them. I don't care. I love these guys. They're 100%. Great. 100%. Oh, go see Marry Me. Well, a bit of a, bit of a uh, spotlight. I, a rant I lost. This is a long spotlight, and I'm here for it. We kind of gushed. I, I, it's, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. You will guaranteed to have fun if you go see this movie. If you don't, I don't know who you are. And you can stream it on Peacock, right? So, I mean, yes. you don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. Yes. I suggest you do, but just watch it. I'll tell you exactly what I did. I'll be honest to everyone. It's four ninety nine to get to Peacock Premium. It's like renting a movie, except when you have to rent a movie that's in theaters, usually they're charging you like 20 bucks on these apps. Yes. You pay four ninety nine. you watch Peacock. the movie cancel your subscription right after and you still get the subscription for to carry out through the whole month so it's a win-win see the movie no excuses see the movie. no excuses play like a champion <laughs> <laughs> see that owen wilson tie-in oh, fantastic work oh okay time to get to the episode wow. what a great what a great movie though go see marry me top five romantic gestures in movies there's a lot of them, and I'm curious to see where you went with it, Mike, because I know we always get some Mike picks, and, and I have to admit that I was I was digging deep, and I was having not trouble finding other gestures, not in like the, the we'll call them the so-called rom-com or romance classics, but I was just struggling to, to find ones that were worthy of beating some of the classics and and I know my I just know Mike and I know that he's going to throw some at us that maybe we're not expecting. So I'm very excited to get into these lists. Yeah, I've, I've got a bit of a mixture. Yeah. Well, I think you need to bring us into this. So so give us your number 5. Let's jump in. Well, my number 5 it's a very non-Mike thing to do. Oh wow. Oh wow. And I felt like it had to be here somewhere on the list. So I left it at 5, the anchor of my list, you know, the caboose. 
an absolute classic. The one that I think of the most, which is like bringing up the topic, first thing that comes to my head is 1989's Say Anything. I've got it higher. It has to be. It, it, I fully agree with what you said, by the way. We'll get to it you know, when, when we get to it on my list. But when you think of this topic, it's the very first thing you think of. And I think that's undeniable. Yeah. I. All right. Let's I'll hold off. I'll hold off. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I love that you have it. You need it on there. So number five for me. I'm taking us a little bit further down the line. Ten years further down the line. Ooh. Taking us to 1999. Ten things I hate about you. Another Stone Cold classic. Did not quite make the cut, but was was very close to my list. It, I, I toggled with it. I had an, I had another number five that I'll talk about in my honorables, and I kept going back and forth, and and I made the choice that this had to be on it because I think it's more of a gesture than the other movie, even if the other movie maybe hits me a little harder. We'll get to that one later. But, yeah, you've got the great Heath Ledger, rest in peace. You've got Julia Stiles. They play Patrick and Cat in this this movie, this you know, if you like rom-coms, you've seen this. Otherwise, you're crazy. But there is a scene. There's actually quite a there's a, there's a couple romantic gestures in this movie. But there is a scene where Patrick serenades Cat in front of the entire soccer team. He sings Can't Take My Eyes Off You by Frankie Valli. And there's something about a guy or a gal singing to a guy or a gal that just gets me just gets Agreed. me Agreed. and this one he does with an audience and it's just there's something so charming about it and, and, and Heath Ledger's so great in this and it's I, it's one of those that I always think of when I think of romantic gestures and I feel like we haven't had too much of a chance to talk about 10 things I hate about you on the pod before so I wanted to, to get it in here uh, no, this is a great, great choice. Um, Heath is this is definitely one of my favorite roles of his great moment in the film where it really starts to, you know, soften Julia Stiles heart a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what else, just while we're here, another honorable mention I had is the parody of this in not another teen movie. Oh, my God. Jamie's got a gun and everybody oh, just this is just incredible. So good. Also, we have to give a big pod shout out to our man, David Krumholtz. That's, of course, in this. <laughs> it is uh, not the only time we'll talk about him today. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. My number four. Let me tell you. Uh, it's a bit of a cheat. Now, how can you cheat in this topic? It's it's a minor cheat. It's a, it's a kind of a cheat. It had to be done. Um and this is a movie I've, I've, I think it's made my honorables once, maybe twice, but it deserves to finally make a list. And that's 2015's The Lobster. Oh my lord! Now, the thing about this movie is, and I don't want to say too much about it because it's a great first watch if you haven't seen it. But it's not exactly a romantic gesture that I'm talking about here. It's kind of a implied romantic gesture that may or may not happen, and you have to decide as the viewer what you think or what you even want to happen at this point. So I'm skipping a lot. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But by the end of the film, Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz have run away from this like kind of society that they've joined of single people. And they've done that because they want to be together. 
um, as sort of a penalty, Rachel Weiss has been blinded and they run away together. And the very end of the film, Colin Farrell uh, and Rachel Weiss are in this diner. They've escaped and he goes into the bathroom with like a butter knife and is maybe going to like blind himself um, in an act of devotion to Rachel Weiss. Uh, maybe not. And we don't know. And if this doesn't sound romantic at all, uh, it is because that's, I mean, that's Yorgos. That's Yorgos Lanthimos, you know? It's this, this weird black comedy, dark dystopian shit that he does that I'm totally into. And I, I think this is a great, great moment, great end of the film. Wow. What a, what a, what a pick. I still need to see The Lobster. I'm going to be totally honest. I've meant to see it forever. Obviously, we love our man, Colin Farrell. And we love Rachel Weiss. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Uh, I got to see it. Very, I can tell, I know kind of a bit about the movie, Mike. So it's like, yeah. I, I know that this is a, there's a Mike pick right now that we're getting. It's, I had to sneak a bit of a Mike pick. Um, and yeah, if you haven't seen this, I'm glad you haven't, but anybody else that hasn't seen it, you know, watch it. And, and even though I've just given you the ending, there's a lot that I didn't say. So you will, you'll have a time. That's for sure. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to reel us right back into rom-com land. So, number four. I'm also taking us to 1999 again. Ooh. We're just staying in one of the greatest years of all time. And that is Never Been Kissed. Oh, I'm trying to think of what the romantic gesture is. Please tell me. Okay. So, first of all, I just need to say, what a cast. We've got Drew Barrymore, we've got David Arquette, we've got Jessica Alba, we've got Lily Sobieski, we've got James Franco. It's a big one. But the romantic gesture is between Drew Barrymore's character of Josie and then Michael Vartan's character of Sam, who is, of course, her, her teacher, quote unquote teacher in the film, as if you know what the movie's about. She's a journalist. She's like infiltrating this high school. And so she pretends to be a student, even though she's quite a bit older, gets a crush on the teacher. It's a whole thing. Anywho, towards the end, I mean, it's a gesture to an extent. You'll you'll know what I'm saying, Mike. So when Josie, when everything goes down, Mm -hmm. Josie apologizes to Sam. But remember, she does it like in the newspaper. Right. Yes. Right. And which that's the gesture to me. Mm, And then she goes into the middle of the baseball field. You remember this? There's the baseball yes. game. And she, you know, she has says in there, that, like, if he'll come out and kiss her, like she she wants to be with him. And so I guess he, in in sense, has to re- has to return the gesture by coming out. But but she mm. sort of does the grand gesture by with the apology going into the field and putting herself out there, which I think is brave after all this. And of course he comes and it's it's your your fairy tale ending and it's just it's i love it because again it's it's this big public thing it's like in the paper in the baseball field with all the people there it's just it it's i i think it's a great one i really like and and this is a movie that i actually a rare rom-com that i did not see growing up and so i actually watched this over quarantine at the beginning of covid with alex who loves this movie and i was like how the hell have i never seen this one this one's great so 
it's recent on the mind. Okay, I love this because one, it's it's big. I mean, it's grand. You know, it mm-hmm. really hits hits that. Two, kind of underrated. This movie gets shit on a lot, but is is definitely a worthwhile rom com if you haven't seen it. Agreed. It's totally underrated. Like, it's definitely not. There's so many good rom coms from that general time period. It does not get the love that it potentially deserves. Yeah. And the last thing for me is I'd say historically, typically, whatever the right word is, it's usually the guy that's doing the grand gesture. Mm-hmm. So I like here that we get Drew Barrymore, who's so so just so likable, you know? Yep. And she just goes out there, puts herself out there and and makes it happen. I love that. I'm so glad you said that because that was one of the reasons I love it so much that I almost just forgot to tell everyone. So kudos, my friend. Very nice. Never been kissed. Okay. Number three. I am I'm headed to the rom-com world myself. There he is. Similar, similar time, an absolute stone cold classic. 2001's Bridget Jones's Diary. Ooh, what a great pick. What a great pick. Now, I think everybody knows what Bridget Jones's Diary is, but Renée Zellweger plays Bridget Jones and it kind of just follows her love life. Um also her shadow Jim Broadbent. We were just talking about him very recently and he is her dad. Man. Just incredibly lovable in this movie as well. Can I get, can I make a shout out? Yeah. So I just want everyone to know, speaking of London and the UK and everything, there's a great band from the UK that I love very much. Mike knows it's the Wombats. Right. And yep. I I happen to actually we're recording this towards the end of February right now. I saw them last night in Los Angeles at the Wiltern. Amazing show. But one of their earliest songs, one of their most beloved that they played last night is called Kill the Director. And it references rom-coms, but very specifically, the whole bridge at the end is, this is no Bridget Jones. This is no Bridget, Bridget. And it just keeps responding and gets more insane. And then everyone just goes nuts. Bridget Jones. That's an incredible shout out. Um, I love that. And and Bridget Jones is, you know, it's it's definitely a thing. She's she's kind of an icon, especially over here. So I understand why the Wombats would do that. It's a UK thing. It is. And the reason that I have this, besides this being like, for me, like one of the most rewatchable rom-coms, maybe because it's rated R. But anyway, I digress. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a quad gesture. Like it's a gesture on top of a gesture on top of a gesture, right? Because at the end... Colin Firth, he's supposed to be taking this job in, I think it's New York, and he doesn't. You know, he shows up um, at her apartment instead, and she's supposed to be leaving with her friends to Paris, uh, but she doesn't. She gets out of the car, and then she doesn't do that. Then they go inside. Then he sees the diary and leaves because it says about, like, how he sucks, basically, right? And she comes running after him in the snow in her underwear which is amazing and is maybe the best of all the gestures. Um, but then it turns out he was just coming to get the new diary, right? Signaling that he, you know, it's a fresh start to their kind of budding romance. And it all just kind of spirals into this wonderful, you know, both of them just putting all, all their cards on the table, going all in on their relationship. And it's, it's just chef's kiss. It's amazing. Such a good one. Such an absolute classic. I'm so glad you have this on the list because it, it it just missed mine. Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones Diary. How can you not? 
And you you are right about the rated R aspect. I, I hate to say it. For me, honestly, you know, it doesn't even matter. I love all this shit and I'll watch any of it. But I do think there is just that little tinge more of adultness to the film. And that's what makes the character. She's got a little edge to her, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Give us a little give us a little edge. Give us a little raunch. Beautiful, beautiful. That was number three. Yes. Okay. Well, I am going to take us for number three also into absolute classic rom-com territory. Like we're talking one of the all times. And that is 1990s Pretty Woman. Mm, Okay. Yes. Julia Roberts, Richard Gere. God, that silver fox. Um, Bam, bam. Bam, bam. He plays Edward. She plays Vivian. You know, if you don't know the story, she's an escort. I mean, she's like a prostitute. She's a prostitute. Let's be real in the film. And <laughs> Let's be technical about it. Let's be technical. And he's a businessman. And he ends up hiring her to escort him to some some, some events. And then, of course, they fall in love. And that's would you say that's the best general way to put it, Mike? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'll just tee you up here. You know, by the end of the film, it's not working out. No. And it looks like all is lost. But uh, then Edward decides he's going to he's going to go get her. And so he, he goes to find Vivian and the whole film. It's very apparent. It's been a part of the plot that he's very scared of heights. He's got mm. a big fear of heights, but he overcomes that fear because he climbs up the goddamn fire escape to go get her. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And it's just such a classic scene. Like there's something it's it's maybe not as grand as a couple. The, the, the two that I've spoken of, at least prior because it's a bit smaller in the sense of it's about the two of them, ba-da-ba. But he's very clearly doing something that is his pretty much his biggest, one of his biggest fears in life to show that he's going to do whatever it takes to, to get to her and be with her. And I think there's something so sweet about that. You know, when you describe it, it sounds small, but in the context of the film, it's big. It's a huge moment. This is true. Massive. And obviously, you know, she's she's like, I can't remember. She like packing her shit or roommates packing her shit. Anyway, it's it's over at that point, right? I mean, it's not like eh, we don't know. It's over. They've had their falling out, and they're not going to be together anymore. And he he makes it happen. He fucking makes it happen. And I yeah, I love that. It's a, it's a great pick, an, an absolute classic, and a film that you know I think a lot of people hate on these days. There's a lot of stuff in it that's a bit problematic, but for me, definitely holds up. I love this movie. I agree. I. Yeah, I guess I I won't I won't knock anyone else's opinion, but I yeah I think this is one of the best the best rom coms ever. I believe it's on my, was on my top five list back in that episode with Alex. Ooh, ooh, we'll have to go back and check that yeah. out. That's a good call. Okay, yeah. My number two, I am moving to just the straight comedy world, and a film that we've talked about, ooh. but it's never been an official selection because we at least I don't think so. Because we we really just did a deep dive on the whole franchise. Oh. I am going to David Crumholtz starring the 2008 film Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Wow. Oh, my God. 
this has been one that's it's truly it's sat with me since i saw it in the theater good christ 14 years ago oh, um Lord. <laughs> and yeah i've just it's it's probably my favorite payoff in the whole series and it just it struck me as just how like how sincere it was you know so what's happening here is that um you know we in the first movie we we find out about Harold and Maria. They get together and everybody's happy, right? Mm-hmm. But in the second movie, we you know we find out a bit about Kumar, uh, Cal Penn's love life, and how he you know had a serious thing with Daniil, I guess Ackles now, in college, and he just wasn't really able to sort of make it happen. And now she's getting married to this, you know, tool back, and. It, we get a flashback, one of my favorite flashbacks in movie history where you get emo Harold, but we find out, you know, about this poem that Kumar was writing and he's like, he doesn't want to let the love interest read it, you know, and he just doesn't want to be vulnerable. And obviously throughout the two movies, you know, he's a stoner, he's making jokes or whatever. He's not, not really vulnerable guys. And then to win her back at, I think at the wedding, I believe he, he storms in and recites this poem which is a real poem. It's called The Square Root of Three by David Feinberg. Big shout out, David Feinberg. I don't know when you li- if you're still alive, but if you are, big shout out. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really like, it's this poem about how like the square root of three is irrational, but if you have two of them together, then it will suddenly be like a rational number again. And it's kind of beautiful and it's nerdy and it's, yeah, it's the vulnerability of Kumar that you don't expect to hit you at that moment um, that I think it totally works. And like I said, it's it's a, you know, it was set up earlier in the film. Um, he obviously you hoped that it would come. It does, and it's maybe the most sort of touching moment of all of all three movies, right? I fully agree. I this is an unbelievable pick that I had not thought of, and it's so good. It really, I feel like in our rewatch, Mike, I always used to hold Guantanamo as like my least favorite after first seeing it in theaters. Same. And on the rewatch, I remember we were like, Oh my God, like this is weird. Like Guantanamo is actually quite good. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can be said about it, but it's, it's really good. And this gesture is, is, is grand to say the least. It, it is. And it catches you off guard. You know, it, you're not expecting does. something it's like sweet. that to happen. It's incredibly sweet. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to have it at my number two. Oh, well, I'm glad that you have it there. And I'll say at my number two, it's finally time to return to the year we were born, Mike. 1989. Oh, wow. Say anything. I mean, come on. It's it's the one movie. Well, we don't know what each of our number ones is yet, but it's the one movie that had to be on the list. No question. It's iconic. Lloyd, a.k.a. John Cusack, standing outside Diane's window with the boombox, playing the song they listened to their first night together. It is absolutely, if you say romantic gesture to someone, maybe, maybe not kids born, you know, more recently, maybe, but like anyone our age or older this has to be i would think if not the first thing one of the first few things that you think of i mean john cusack with the boombox is the image for it's sure the image that's the image of the movie that's the that's one of the main images of rom-com history right cemented there. in film history yes it's it's unreal i mean it would just be an absolute 
slap in the face to this topic if this wasn't on both of our lists. And I think the other thing I really like about this one is a lot of times the gesture comes after like, I don't know, like a mutual breakup, you know, and mm-hmm. someone finally realizes that they want to go for it. In this one, it's not really mutual, right? Ioni Sky just kind of drops in because her dad is like, f- like, fuck that guy. Like he's, he tells her to and he's got his own problems, right? They have their mm-hmm. own drama, but he's so into her and she just drops him and he has to really be like, no. I don't accept this. I'm going for it. I'm making this gesture, throwing it out there. And it, you know, it works. And it, it gets so pumped every time I see it. Couldn't have said it better myself. And we say should say anything. Directorial debut of your guy, Cameron Crowe. Facts. He had My written Fast guy. Times before this, right? But this is, boom, directorial debut. And directorial he debut. It. And we know everything to come. We get Almost Famous. We get Vanilla Sky. He's too good. Well, if I can just transition because Cameron Crowe, you know, one of the one of the real stars of the pod, John and Joan Cusack, more stars of the pod. We talk about them all the time. We love the all Cusacks. The Someone else we talk about all the time is coming up in my number one. Wow. And this movie, you know, I wanted to pick this. Um, it's really stuck with me for the 15 years uh, since I've seen this movie for the first time. And it's a bit different than what we've talked about because it's actually, it's a it's a romantic gesture in the beginning of the film, really, Ooh. and it, it kind of continues, but it's it's early on, and the motives are a bit different as well. So, without further ado, my number one, two thousand seven. P.S. I love you. Wow, Jerry Butts. We are talking Jerry Butts. Can I tell you something crazy? Please. I still need to see this movie, and I've meant to for a long what? time. Yes. What? Yes. Oh, oh my god! Oh baby. my god! Oh my god! That that fucking! I'm literally writing it down to remind myself right now to not let this fucking happen any further. I just got wow. jacked up. Like I'm excited oh for you to god. see it. Oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, as as big Jerry Butts fans, uh, okay, we love right. that man. And this is 25 percent Rotten Tomatoes. 80% audience. This is a what? movie that's oh. it's undeniable. The critics hated it. It's undeniable how they much were it wrong. Yes. And you've got Hilary Swank is like the female lead and Jerry Butts. But then the supporting cast, Kathy Bates, Harry Connick Jr., Lisa Kudrow, Gina Gershon, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come on. Oh my Lord. And this movie, it made money. You know, it was just the critics that hated it. So here's what happens. And I'm not going to spoil too much for you now that I know you haven't seen it. But in the very beginning of the film, Jerry Butts dies. So we're not going to get a budding romance with Jerry Butts and Hilary Swank. Instead, he leaves this series of letters to be delivered to Hilary Swank throughout the course of the film. And, you know, it's this instead of trying to win her love, he's just sending her this out of the, you know, the purest love that there is, a love that I think even I sort of strive for to this day because he is giving her all these like, you know, he's sending her these notes that are kind of having her go on adventures that are helping her, you know, grieve over the situation. And ultimately his love is so pure that he's giving her this series of letters as almost like permission to move on and potentially meet someone else. Wow. And it's, you know, it's wow. just, I don't know. I don't really know why critics hated it, but it's something that I think of as like, 
it really gets you. It, it hits you a lot harder than I think you're expecting. And that's why maybe it has an 80% audience. And it's just, it's just a beautiful story. I, I don't know. I think it's one of the things I know is they didn't like Hillary Swank's performance. Wrong. I think it's great. I think everything about this is beautiful. And I'm so excited for you to watch it. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Jerry Butts, Hillary Swank, P.S. I love you. Come into my TV in my living room really soon. Oh, can't wait. Wow. Wow. Well, I guess it's time for my number one. I'm going to dial us back a little, little bit from, from where you just were. I'm going to bring us back to the 90s. Going to bring us back to the year 1998. Mm. One of my favorite rom-coms and a scene that just just never ceases to warm my heart. It just had it all for me. And I'm bringing it back to some song because this is the wedding singer, baby. Oh, Billy Idol. Yup. Yup. Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Robbie and Julia. Robbie, you know, decides to sing a little song on a little flight. And we just need Billy Idol and some flight attendants to help him out. It gets job done. Gets the I mean, just just the fact Again, like I started the pot off, a song can always get me. Now add in a dope cameo by Billy Idol, completely unexpected cameo. Add in Adam Sandler singing a song. I love that man singing a song. Just have him serenade me on an acoustic guitar all day, please. And then you just got Drew Barrymore, who we've already talked about. It's just so lovely. Just such a charming gal in these rom-coms and and her and adam sandler just have such a such a good chemistry it just really fires on all cylinders here and i think the wedding singer for being like a pretty famous rom-com i think for being famous not in the way that never been kissed is underrated but i still think wedding singers a bit underrated like you talk about the best sandler films everyone's always going to immediately jump to billy madison happy gilmore and uh Man, The Wedding Singer, it's right there near the top for me, and I think for a lot of people. Sandler and Drew Barrymore, I mean, a great cameo. It was definitely in our cameo episode, right? Almost had to be. It had to be, yeah. It definitely was was spoken about, if not on one of the lists. And it's just like, the the, the movie has such a great build. Like for I mean, all these rom-coms are great at doing what they're doing, but, you know, it's so obvious these two should be together, and... You're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. And the way everything plays out, just leading into this, this, this plane flight, this plane ride, it's just, it's just perfect. I love it. I love it. I definitely can't, can't deny that. I agree. It's, yeah, they should be together. They're adorable. Feels like, you know, it feels earnest, I think, which is a big, a big tick for, for the rom coms. And yeah, great pick. Surprising number one, I think, but should be on the list. I like it. Hey, I'll take us. I'll take a surprise. There's just that uh, Sandler, that Billy, the Billy Idol cameo kills me. It kills me because I love Billy Idol, and it's just so fucking random. But anyhow, it's number one. I think it's time we recap our lists, my friend. Let's do it. All right, I am number five. Say anything. Number four, The Lobster. Number three, Bridget Jones's Diary. Number two, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. And number one, P.S. I Love You. 
and I am number five, 10 Things I Hate About You. Number four, Never Been Kissed. Number three, Pretty Woman. Number two, Say Anything. And number one, The Wedding Singer. All right, let's do some honorables. Uh, you hit a bunch that were on my list, so I think maybe I'll just throw out like two or three more. Juno, uh, where Elliot Page one. fills the mailbox with the Tic Tacs, I think it is. Um, yep. That's great. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. So where Siegel takes the photo off the wall where she's like flashing in the bar. So good. And final one, I'm going with Dirty Dancing. Oh, nice. Swayze just comes storming back. Nobody puts baby in the corner and they just do an epic dance. Oh my God. Just incredible. All fucking great ones. You know, all, all could be part of my honorables. And I'd say, dude, the only one I'm going to add, which... I have to admit, it's the one I like sort of teased at the beginning. It's less of a gesture and just like feels very grand, if that makes sense, which is why I didn't include it. But it's when Harry met Sally. Just the realization at the end, Harry just running through the city, doing everything he can to make it to the New Year's Eve party and then getting there and confessing his love so that he can kiss Sally at midnight. I accept that. Totally. Yeah, so it's it's less of a gesture, more of just grand. I think that's it for me, honestly. Like, we, I feel like we've hit everything I really wanted to talk about. And yeah, you hit everything in your honorables that I would have hit. Like, Yeah, same. I think we, we talked about what would have been in my top 10. So I think we did it. I think we did it. And I think if you if you could get anything from this episode, there's really only one thing I want to say. Go see Marry Me incredible incredible <laughs> uh so fun oh so good uh go check that out again it's on peacock and in regards of us thanks for listening to the app thanks as usual if you would like to check out our patreon we've got a lot of content that's been coming out lately a lot of bonus bonus episodes where we talk about current stuff a lot of we have our recurring series which we just had one drop recently we have another coming in about a month or so check it out check it out it's very cheap either one dollar or three dollars a month and you get a lot of stuff so if you're interested links are on our socials and our socials instagram at top fives and deep dives twitter at top dives we appreciate you guys and uh again go watch marry me we'll see you next week Top fives and deep dives with how to PTM. Top fives and deep dives with how to PTM. Top fives and deep dives with how to PTM. Top fives and deep dives with how to PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. I love it. I love it.